After the chaos of the rampaging marsh giant, the heroes find a new ally in their fight. Krukka is another associate of Rin and looking to join the fight against the lurking dangers of the gauntlet. I must say, it's a delight to meet another avid reader, no matter how quirky they may be. And altogether we read very much. The secret trove of literature that Belcora set aside in the library was filled with extraordinary information. A journal of her past, the workings on the lighthouse, and hints at the potential dangers below, such as the evil warlike Urdafans, and the dangers of the outer goddess Nimbaloth and her crazed cultists. All told in the book, The Whispering Reads. Lady Gilda also took the time to tear down the patchwork flesh effigy of Belcora, granting us all a semblance of victory after learning such dark tales. In addition, Duffy has more than proved his worth, and the heroes are rewarded with a sought-after ritual to awaken portals. start this session with uh something we're all advocates for let's do a little let's do a little old-fashioned mental health check-in how's everyone doing well that's depressing don't everyone <laughs> jump in there eh? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Uh, i was thinking i was thinking today Actually, I, I, I wanted I wanted to ask Duncan first and foremost, mostly because I wanted to put him on the spot uh, and be like, "Dunk, how you doing?" Because because I feel like I know how James is doing, and I feel like I know how Scott's doing, but I haven't talked to Duncan a little bit. Uh, James, like or myself, I'm 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 like lately have been so much busier than than usual, so much busier. And James is always busy, but I know he's also been so much busier than usual. Uh, and Scott, I know, is feeling like a shell of a human being at the moment. <laughs> so I think we have a wide range of, uh, of how we're feeling. So I was, just, I was just curious how you're all doing. That's all. Happy to see your guys' smiling faces. Aww. Yeah, that's, that's as much as you're going to get out of me. Um, <laughs> happy to play some Pathfinder. I'm happy to see your mustache is, is cooler and stronger than Scott's. It took a while, but <laughs> everyone gets there eventually. 
figured Scott would give you a hard time for that, but uh, yeah, I don't, he, I don't think he's just happy that someone else has a mustache as well. Mine has a some sort of countdown, and then it just stops. Just stops. <laughs> Your mustache? <laughs> like it keeps growing. I just like there's no way for it to become better. <laughs> Max potential. I like Scott. Scott's mustache is the inverted Hitler stash. Like, it's just, there's nothing in the center, and it's all on the sides. You're not it's wrong. Lovely. It's the best possible version. Yeah, did, did you do that? Or no, that's just happen? the way that it is. Ooh. <laughs> it's like, I was born Dutch, and they're like, you know what? Let's just stay as far away from that mustache as possible. Mm. <laughs> For the it's just not inverted Hitler anti-soul patch stash. <laughs> but if you kissed Hitler, you'd both have a full mustache going. <laughs> or Michael Jordan. For that brief time where he was doing oh, Fruit of the Loom commercials. Yeah. The joke has yeah. been made. Oh, man. Uh, Scott, go ahead. Tell me how you're doing. Oof. Uh, I got back yesterday from being at a music festival for a week. So let's just say my voice hurts <laughs> and my legs and my liver, but I'm feeling great. So I feel, I feel recharged. I feel like I've regained, um, some positivity for the human experience. You know, like I yeah. met beautiful people and had beautiful times with them and made new friends and enjoyed life with no, no cell phone, no news, nothing like that. So I'm feeling very good. And of the whole week, what was your best outfit? Do you think? Oof, it's tough, man. Cause, uh, my partner and I had matching outfits basically every day. So I've got, a Denim vest as my cat holding a sword in space with lightning hit it. I've got I don't know, custom desk oh, yeah. uh, jacket with fringe and cowboy style. We dressed up as cats one day. <laughs> and what what did I do the <laughs> oh, and then I wore my uh I have a what's called a romp him, which is a romper, which is a shirt and shorts put together. Uh, but it's a romp him as a tuxedo. And that one was very comfortable and nice. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so, yeah, we look great. And to think Scott's the oldest of the group. Yeah, man. And actually, if you want, uh, you could see that cat holding his sword vest on our public discord listeners. If you want to want to join, if you want to see some sex appeal. <laughs> I saw it posted there the other day. Yeah, we are recording this about six months in the past. So yeah, we're probably going to have to throw that on Instagram. To... So that we can guarantee <laughs> someone can find it. Just come ask. I've got more, too. Yeah, but anyways, we love going to those things. It was wonderful. We just met just the greatest people, made a bunch of new friends who we're seeing later in the summer now. And uh, yeah, it was just a wonderful time. So that's me. Yeah. Wicked. James, how's your no life life? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, it's been going. Uh, I'm at the point where I'm starting to have anxiety attacks when I'm not doing work because I'm not far behind. Uh, I had my first full-blown panic attack in uh, in probably three years last week. Amazing. That's, um, that's and I just, I don't, I, I feel like I'm losing everything, my grip on everything all the time. Uh, anytime I take time for myself, I feel like I'm, I'm letting somebody down. August can't come 
fast enough, eh? <laughs> September. September. And you're adding a yeah, move into yeah. the mix, right? That sounds. Uh, great. And this heat is. <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be near the end of it. So we're recording this in July, listeners, and I don't do well in the heat. Um, this yeah, summer is just right now. fucking killing me. Uh, anything above like 15 degrees is too hot for me, and I'm just I'm dying. Whenever I get too hot, I just get lethargy. So not only am I panicking because I'm not working enough, I my body won't let me. Like I just <laughs> I get I get too hot and I overheat. No. Oh. Um, so it's just like the perfect storm of hell right now, and I can't <laughs> wait for the sun to go away for hopefully four <laughs> or five months. <laughs> also, listeners, if you could see us right now, the other three guys look like oof, I don't know blanched zombies in their skin tone and i look like a delicious leather bag of holding <laughs> yeah it looks so like looks like papa bindleford <laughs> yeah. everybody thinks i'm joking when i say this listeners but if i never had to go outside in the sun again i'd be i'd be just fine <laughs> you're a like psycho. direct sun direct sun i don't direct mind sun. like That's sun fine. behind the clouds I- and stuff I, but, I don't mind warm weather, but I'm the same. I don't I don't want to sit in the sun. Like the, no. the last thing I want to do is lay on the Ugh. on the beach in the sun. I don't know. I don't know it's how anyone best. enjoys that. It, it blows my mind. How that's a good thing. Like I'm like, no, it's that's it's boring. It's like a warm hug. Do you not like being hugged? Not really, no. Yeah, see, okay, there you go. <laughs> I love a good hug, but I only like to hug people that I like. You know, I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a hugger, no hug, and it's there's nowhere in between really. I like you. You'll get a hug. If you don't, you're gonna get a hand. Yeah, that sunlight is a way too huggy. Hand job. (laughs) If I don't like you, you're gonna get a hand job. (laughs) That's what we call East Coast hospitality. (laughs) Here you go, you son of a bitch. Oh god. Well, enough about us. (laughs) Um. Let's, uh, I mean, oh, I don't know. It's, it feels, I've been so busy lately. It actually feels like it's been forever since the last recording. It hasn't been that long. I just had so much going on and been so busy. I nearly forgot. I think, I think James did too, what we actually did last session. <laughs> it was a big info dump last session. Last couple, last few sessions have been, you know, a little, there's been some combat obviously, but, um, but mostly it's just been like lots of crazy moments and reveals and story and, and info dump. And, and it's been been a lot what how are you guys feeling about all the information you just that was just dropped on you and what where do you think you're gonna go next i'm fucking pumped this is all i've wanted to do for like the last two weeks is just yeah <laughs> sit down and play this fucking game because i want yes. to explore more of this castle it's a little alarming when you realize just how much we have obviously missed mm. Mm. yeah i mean i you, you I, actually i find it impressive that you managed to find most of it which is pretty cool. I mean, you've just just found this little secret library room, which gave you your ritual for awakened portal. It gave you a whole bunch of information on Gauntlet and all the levels below. A bunch of information on Belcora. It gave you the Whispering Wreaths book, which is all about Nimbaloth. And you found maps on Volok's table amongst uh, scrolls and stuff that revealed some of the other secret rooms as well. I remember hearing some some talk chatter about uh, I think last episode about uh, tackling the Wood Golem again. Uh, but otherwise, there was uh, there was another place that you guys hadn't uh, discovered yet or, or sought out. What was it again? I really want to get to that guard room. It's on the other side of the author's hall. And I guess there is a secret door that we never found. Guard, the guard room. Yeah. 
It's like three rooms south of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. South of the author's hall. You're right. Where you where you where you fought the two uh cultists that were arguing about flavors. <laughs> right. Which by the way, right. I don't know if I ever gave you that peek behind the scenes that they were arguing uh over the uh the flavors, if I remember correctly, of the meat they were eating and whether or not like the ink if it was inked, it tasted better. And then they were using the violet fungi that you fought to like season as well. Um, and so they were kind of arguing over which one tasted better seasoned with the fungi or the ink. That's fun. Which is just mundane and macabre at the same time. Mm. <laughs> well, I was interested in Belcora's diary. It mm. sounds so cool. And it gave us the peek into the levels. Yeah. You know, James really spot on with the fact that it was uh, the servants quarters, you know, and so what some of the things were there when we did that review. Now we know library mm-hmm. and then living chambers below that, which makes sense. We've been in a kitchen and Volk's room and all that. Then below that arena and then flesh warping li- uh, laboratories. So I think <laughs> shit is just going to start getting fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, then you have a prison and then yep. uh, was it the garden gardens, the hunting grounds. And what was the last one? The temple is the, the temple, last one. the temple. What, which which one? Pe- I was a little like there's a part of me that was slightly disappointed that that was all revealed uh, because like I think it's been fun to be like, hey, what do you guys think this that this level you just completed has been about? Right. Then so that's kind of it was scrapped, a little spoilery. We can, it was a little spoiler. Yeah, we, well, we can still do that, like maybe room by room to a degree. But then uh, what I what I would love to do is ask you guys what what uh, level you are that piques your interest the most and what do you think you'll find there? The arena, I think. Mm arena yeah i can kind of put an idea behind the rest of the levels but i don't really understand why they would need like um like i imagine it's not like a hockey rink it's more like a coliseum but i can't imagine why they would need that right yeah i mean it's just such a big place that in its prime maybe they just need to entertain some people you know they like it's possible yeah shit ton of employees living here like you know, yeah. <laughs> or they just need something to flight their flesh warps in. Yeah, maybe the ones like when they're done with one experiment and it didn't go so well, they just fire the flesh warp in the arena. That's gets fair. a prisoner. Um, yeah, I guess so. I I just imagine like the whole floor being an arena, and I just I can't. I, I guess that's probably not true. There's probably like dressing rooms and and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. training areas, seats, yeah. maybe the armory. Yeah. VIP box. Ooh, armory would be a real nice touch. <laughs> Wouldn't it? All right, cool. So everyone's everyone's curious with the arena. That's understandable, I'd say. Like, you know, like exactly what purpose does that hold in this uh this complex? Well, I mean, speaking of those floors too, uh, let's not forget you had another topic revealed for your research. And this secure is a new library to research. You have three on this level to research through. And yeah, flesh warping is now available to you. Uh, so that's fun. What do you guys want to do next? You've spent, you've just spent like a solid, I think, eight hours in this room studying and standing guard and all this stuff. So what's on your to-do list? I mean, I definitely want to hit that, uh, that guard room just to make sure there's no remnants of, um, uh, I guess I want to say resistance, but that's probably not the right term right. for the people who would live here. Um, <laughs> I guess make sure this danger that could that could leak into the town or and or come in from behind. Yeah, that's really it. Is is make sure that we we can't be um, 
flanked or surprised by anything anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm super cool with that. Yep, for sure. Yeah, because I think that's the only room we have left, right? It's the guard room and then the subterranean grotto. That I, lo- I want to check out too. I'm excited. Yeah. And, and and again, just the wood golem room. You haven't you haven't defeated it, so you haven't explored the room. You've been in, but you don't really know what it's about. That's yeah. True. I don't think we're I don't think we're ready to take on the golem, but I guess we can try. Yeah, let's start with the guard room. Yeah, let's just do everything else first. We'll completion it. Oh god, it's going for it's going for the platinum trophy. Completionist <laughs> it. <laughs> Is that supposed to be a better sentence? <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> That's the worst part. Uh, all right, well, head on, head on down to the author's hall, which is a disgusting room filled with rancid old blood and decay caked all over the shelves and the floor. And you pop your way down, Gilda in the lead, to uh, the southern wall. And you start feeling along the wall for a secret door. And you don't find anything at all and as you start to sort of try and find a brick or you know some sort of hook or whatever you just give it a little nudge and it just just gives way okay like it's just a seamless door in the wall and it of course leads to a uh, 10 foot long hallway with another door at the end (laughs) typical of course uh gilda will take the defend action give the hallway a quick look around for traps because if it's not locked she's assuming that the hallway is trapped uh yeah uh, you discover a nothing okay so I will uh follow along and check some magic uh Kruga will come in right behind that was Kruga not Kruga <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> all right Gilda? I guess she'll listen at the door. This isn't really her specialty, but... Uh, sure. Uh, nothing. Okay, and Tulak's not detecting any magic or anything? Let's say he detects only something that feels residual. He's, he's felt residual magic before, um, and he, he's getting the same sort of ping beyond this door. Okay. I feel like something was here that was magical, but Maybe it's gone now. This power left behind something lingering. Let's move forth. Right. Well, be ready, gents. Uh, and she will raise her shield, taking the defend action. And open the door. You crack the door to a empty room with a small alcove that has uh, inlaid runes of silver on the eastern side. It's another much smaller teleportation circle. Which also, we need to start wakening up now that we have this um, ritual. Mm. Mm. Yeah, hour I mean, we can try it after we clear this, this guard room yeah. out. Um, Let's do it. It's pretty much just going to be you, I think, the way rituals work. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into that when we get there. Yeah. All right. She will listen at this door, excited at the prospect of a uh, another teleportation circle. <laughs> There's so many now. It's crazy. <laughs> she listen. She hear nothing. Okay, still taking the defend action. She will Kruka open. Creeps up behind her. <laughs> getting a little too close. <laughs> she will open the door. 
opens the door to a hallway that leads 15 more feet south and it appears to veer to the east and you can kind of see the top of a stair just from where you're standing. She will switch to the scout action and try to quietly step forward. Okay. Her half plate jangling. <laughs> you step forward, Krukka, on Lady Gilda's heels, taking any actions. He's going to scout behind um, and stay 10 feet behind her. Okay. Well, if he scouts, then Lady Gilda, maybe you ought to go back to your defend. That's not gonna yeah, if, if Krug is gonna gonna scout, then she will will defend. Tulok is in between the two of them, like a half elf sandwich. Wait, no, because <laughs> you're half elf too, aren't you? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so you're like, like a like a like half a, elf cake, a double double meat open mm. face sandwich, <laughs> just the way you like it. <laughs> Moving forward, Lady Kilda, you. You uh, get to the top of the stairs and you peek down and it seems to lead into a cavernous room and you can kind of hear some sloshing water sounds dripping, echoing into the stairwell. What do you do, Lady Gilda? So I'm, I'm at kind of an impasse where I don't know if she is smart enough to put together that, that teleportation circle probably just leads to the guard chamber, which is what makes this the guard room on the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guard chamber where? On the same level. There's there's one on the library level oh, okay. just south of the prison. Uh, right, 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 right. Uh, but I that's what I'm assuming. Otherwise, I don't know why this would be called the guard so, room on a map. Yeah, th- uh, I, think, I think you know because you have the ritual at the very least and all all evidence so far seems to indicate that one circle leads to another circle. Right. You found no such circle in that other guard room. So, not a bad instinct. One, you know, teleport from one guard room to the other, but uh, it doesn't appear that would be the case uh, because there is no receiving end, but then maybe it's hidden or gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Maybe it leads to a lower level or something like that. Um, she's very confused as to be why this would be the guard room on on the map for um, on Bullock's map. So mm-hmm. she will head down the stairs, continuing to take the defend action. Okay, uh, you head down to the base of the stairs and step into this cavern uh, again. Dripping, sloshing sound of water that echoes off the chamber walls. The air is cold and damp. Near the east is a sizable pond. And a lazy rivulet of overflow trickles to the north down a sloping tunnel, uh, while a five-foot diameter opening gapes in the ceiling above the center of the pool. And Scott, yes, could you make this noise for me? Okay, keep, keep that going. Uh, Duncan, can you do it too? And then James? This is what you hear, Lady Gilda. That was fun. As peeking out of the water is an amorphous blob of yammering mouths and oozy flesh gibbering and sliding towards you. And it looks like this. Hmm. Okay. Definitely something. And we're going to roll for initiative. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Lady Gilda. Not ideal with a 17. Okay. All right. Uh, Krucka, let's do you next. Less ideal with a 10. <laughs> Ooh. Taking up the flat, taking up the rear with a 10. Mm. Uh, how about you, Tulak? Tulak's got a uh, actually pretty hot 23. He's ready to rock. Oh, all right. Okay. Let's begin combat. First up, this mound of flesh and mouths and eyes that looks like really, really large piece of uh, chewing gum, I-, I would say, and just tossed in with eyeballs and-, and teeth, but not like the gummy teeth that are really fun and delicious, really, really nasty biting ones. And this creature is going to... We're just going to let you gloss over gummy teeth. What parallel universe are you living in? You're right. The gummy candies. The vampire teeth. <laughs> the, 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 vampire. the vampire teeth. The what? Gummy candy. Oh. <laughs> I've never seen these before. Candy teeth sounds gross. Next time you're in the sun. <laughs> let me gloss over. You're the ignorant one. I guess uh, so. <laughs> I thought you were talking about like gummy incisors or something like that. Or like just a big old bag of gummy molars. Just weird. Nine shit. out of ten dentists recommend brushing to prevent gummy teeth. <laughs> <laughs> this um this creature emerges from the water onto the uh the rocky land right next to you, Lady Gilda, just murmuring and this this like really like cacophonous choir of voices coming from the same creature and it attempts to enter your space I need you to roll me a reflex save as it pushes into you and starts to wrap its amorphous body around you that is a 22 that is a meat to beat excellent you have the choice of either being pushed to either side or being pushed back as it does force its way into your space, regardless. Uh, I would like to go west, please. Okay. So you are shunted to the side as this creature moves into your, your area. And uh, as it's doing this, it does attempt to get one of its, uh, one of its mouths around uh, any part of your body it can. And it strikes with a bite, with a Jaws attack for a 32 to hit. 32 is a hit, yeah. Okay, and you're going to take, let's see here, 12 piercing damage. And as it manages to latch onto you somewhere, it tears a bit of your flesh away. And you are now bleeding for 1d4. Okay, I'm going to shield block that. Okay. uh, To reduce it by 8. So, sorry, what was the damage total? was 12. Uh, Next up is Master Tulak. Alright, Tulak will step into the room, moving to the east, and then stepping to the north, just getting a little bit of distance between himself and this creature, Mm -hmm. and would like to roll a knowledge check on it. Okay, knowledge is going to be occultism. Love that for me. Uh, Let's go. And uh, you got a natural 20. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I will take that on nice. <laughs> This is a very, very classic creature known as the Gibbering Mouther. And uh, <laughs> anyone listen to the Glass Cannon podcast, every time this creature comes up, everyone gets scared. 
They are extremely strange creatures. Uh, they're found either above ground or below. They're perpetually ravenous. Uh, they're aberrations and are always seeking their next meals, ever eating but never sated. With a nominal intelligence, gibbering mathers can understand and speak, even speak Aklo, but they do so in an intelligible manner only rarely. So it's it's like, it's just, you're not really ever going to get through. Instead, their innumerable mouths constantly jabber and babble in a stream of sound that disrupts the thought patterns of other creatures in the area. I actually made a mistake here. Uh, Tulak, I need you to roll me a will save, uh, which should have happened at the start of your turn. Uh, I'm going to use a hero point. <laughs> okay. Why did you roll real bad? Oh, fuck around. I rolled a 14, uh, sorry, a 5 on the die for the 14, and then I rolled a natural one. So. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, I'm afraid, good sir, you are confused. As the this aura uh, of gibbering starts to confuse your mind, muddle your thoughts. And you are confused for one round, mm -hmm. which means you are flat-footed. Yep. And you don't treat anyone as your ally. You cannot delay, ready, or use reactions. Can you, you can use all your actions to strike or attack offensive cantrips. Though the GM can uh, have used other actions to facilitate the attacks, such as draw weapon or move and so, and so on and so forth. If you have no viable targets, you will target yourself and automatically hitting but never critting, so on and so forth. Um, each time you take damage from an attack or spell, you can attempt a flat check to recover. But you only have one round on this. It's just a momentary lapse. Given the order of operations, I'm not so sure that you could have pulled that recall knowledge off. Okay. Because uh, I did kind of fuck it up here. So how do you want to go about I'll this? tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm going to roll a D100. We're going to play fast and loose here. I'm going to roll a D100. You have a 50% chance that you were able to, like, register the information um, before the confusion hit you. Mm -hmm. And if you did, you don't get to relay it, which means I will hold it, hold it off until your confusion ends. 51 or higher. I rolled a 77. So you got your recall knowledge, but you I'm not going to give you the information until your confusion's done, so you can't help uh, your allies. Okay, that's fair. You moved in, recalled knowledge, got confused, started to move away. You have a single action to spend here, and I think it's I think I think you're, uh, what's going to happen is you you tried to move away because you started to realize what this creature was. Confusion hits you. And you turn back around and you just start marching towards the creature because you want a target. So you just get yourself back into harm's way. That's what your confusion has affected you with. Um, All right, you son of a bitch. I, I would have said tentacular limbs would, would have been a good I was considering cast it. for that last move. But you know what? I was considering You are it. the GM. Um, yeah. No, you, you march back in. <laughs> All right. Lady Gilda, you're up. Uh, Gilda, not really sure what's just happened, because I'm not really sure what just happened in the last round, <laughs> uh, is going to first and foremost raise that shield. Uh, actually, first and foremost, sorry, you need to roll will save. Oh, okay. That's a 15. That is a failure. Okay. You are also confused. Okay. Which means no shield and you are going to randomly strike the nearest target. I 
don't think you can actually hit Tulak from here, so I think you're just going to start punching the gibbering mouth there. Okay. With all three actions, then? Yep. Pretty much. You can only strike or take offensive cantrips. and Anything else is uh, determined by me. You, you, you just start flailing wildly, uh, trying to, like, just stop anything from uh, around you. Okay. Offensive cantrips. Okay. Yes. Uh, that leaves out perfected mind. So, yeah, three punches. First one is a 17 to hit. To miss. Second one is a 20 to hit. Miss. Third one is a 14 to hit. Miss. Oh, boy. We are waiting. The first round is being very wasted. <laughs> you take two bleed damage, Lady Gilda, and need a recovery check from you. 16. That succeeds. So... You bleed, and you are recovering already. Krukka, what can you do <laughs> besides uh, uh, roll a will save? That's uh, be I was hoping that was far enough away. Okay. Probably from hearing it. No, it's, it's actually a 60-foit range, and it's an auditory. Oh, okay. uh, Krukka's got a 28. Uh, yeah, you're immune for... Um, <laughs> you're immune for a minute, so 10 rounds. So you should be fine. should be fine. If we get to yep. round, if we get to round eleven, <laughs> for some ungodly reason, we'll come back to it. I mean, we uh, might. <laughs> what do you got? We'll basically, shake off with a weird babbling that he's hearing. Like, oh, sounds like someone did not learn the pronunciation keys. And he will <laughs> stride into the room. Is it uh, normal terrain to the east of the um, like shoreline? Yeah, I'd say it's it's. It's rough terrain, but you should you should have the movement yeah, for it. Anyways. Yeah, you have just enough, so okay. you're fine there. So he's gonna rush in, fall into a blind rage. His big ass orc butchering mm. axe. Oh yeah. <laughs> and take a swing for a thirty-one. Jeez. Uh that's a crit. <laughs> oh fun. Fuck. Nice. Yeah. Uh <laughs> do I count as flanking? Start from Krucka. Uh, you do count as flanking, yeah, definitely. Okay, excellent. Okay, so for critical damage here, we have uh, four fire damage. Uh, and then okay. 28 slashing for 32 total. <laughs> Jesus, nice, bud. Nice. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, so uh, you do 32 damage to the gibbering mouth there. And as you... S- you, you come down with your axe, you slice into it, and you actually, like, slice a clean slice right through it, and it, like, this gaping, like, maw opens up at the side of the creature, and a bunch of teeth just pop out from either end, and it uses its reactive gnaw attack and tries to bite you with the new mouth you just created, Ugh. which is a 31 to hit against okay. you. Okay, yeah, that, uh, oh, that's actually a crit. Is it? <laughs> crit for oh, crit. Shit. You take 34 uh, piercing damage. Okay. And are now uh, 1d4 times 2 bleeding. Oh, no. Um, but it's still your turn. Oh, my God. That's a fucking lot. <laughs> uh, well, no, that would be three actions. The move, the rage, the swing. Oh, the move, the rage, and the strike. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's end of your turn, and you're bleeding, so you're immediately going to take two uh, bleed damage. Got lucky okay. there, and they need a recovery check. That is a 19. Oh, yeah. You're good. All right. Shaking off the bleed. No big deal. 
Tulak, you are no longer confused, but I, but I do need another. Well, you might be. You're gonna need another will save. Come on, baby. Ah, twenty-eight. Okay. Nineteen on the You die. are immune for one minute. So round twelve is when you'll come back. We'll come back to you. <laughs> what do you got? Question. Mm-hmm. Did we rest after we did all that research, or no? We just did all the research. I can't remember our order of operations. I don't remember. I think we I just mean, did all the research, right? Yeah, because yeah, you fought the Marsh we Giant and then like beelined it down to that room and did all your research. You didn't. You didn't rest after that. Okay, perfect. Thank yeah. you. Tulak will move about fifteen feet northeast. He's not trying to get too far away here. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. And then he is going to cast. Oh, first of all, relay the information from my recall knowledge. Uh, so my brain, his brain is kind of coming back in. And he's just like, oh, remember where I am. This, it's a gibbering mouther. And here's what I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> and in Tulak's voice, oh, brain fog. This creature, have you seen most of it, to be honest, already? It's got all-around vision, so it actually can't be flanked. It's gibbering uh, aura can mess you up. It, wherever it moves, it manipulates the ground, so the stone and earth beneath its body grows soft and muddy, remaining so for a minute, uh, causing difficult terrain wherever it moves. So it can start kind of, like, messing up. Even even if that, one, that spot there, Krukka, wasn't normally difficult terrain, it, it would have been now because it passed right. through that. Actually, no, that's not true. It passed through uh, this one down here, didn't it? Yeah. In the south. So that is difficult terrain, guaranteed. And uh, it can bite. It can it can shoot spittle at you, which can burn your eyes and cause you to have uh, dazzled or blinded conditions. And perhaps most dangerously, it can engulf you. Cool. And, I've never uh, uh, I've never fought or run a gibbering mouther before, so this is all just horrifying to me. Being engulfed is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, typically, I think classically, most people uh, have it happen with a gelatinous cube. Yeah. But this is uh, this is something very different. Cool. Yeah. So it can engulf you, which will then uh, cause you to uh, be grabbed, slowed, uh, start suffocating, and it can still chew on you from the inside. Okay. Uh, that's pretty much it, though. Uh, uh, other than the fact that uh, it's actually uh, week two, it's got bludgeoning five weakness. It's good. Perfect. <laughs> All right. And is it undead? It is not. It's an aberration. All right. Allow me, if I will. He. Uh... <laughs> Damn it. No, no, keep it. I love it. Ah, I just I just don't know what to do here. I'm fucking I'm almost out of spells. I'm having a real real tough time here. You must have spent a lot on the uh, Marsh Giant, did yeah. you? Well, and I spent like a metric fuck ton to read that book over and over again for eight hours. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I don't forgot language. about that. Oh man, <laughs> metric so, buttload. Yeah. Uh, what about like chill touch or something like that? Or well. Guidance? Can I just, what I want to ask is, can I walk it back and cast Chill Touch before I moved away if I already had that information? Yeah, because you moved before asking me for the information. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So, uh, you attempt a basic four to save, please. 
fortitude save. Oh my god. Can't speak. Do you not have to roll to hit? No, you fortitude save. Oh, okay. Allow me to do that. 17. That is a fail. Damn. What do you do to me? And to you, I do. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Not so good. 10 points of damage. 10 points of damage. And that is it. All right. All right. And then you're what? Moving away now? Moving and then moving northeast. And then that is his turn after he conveys everything to his friends. Gotcha. 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 Lady Gilda. Confusion's shaking off, but it might retain. Is that the Mouther's turn? We missed the Mouther? The Mouther actually might have supposed to go before me. Oh, yeah, it totally was. That's fine, because it was going to uh, just uh, keep attacking the two people closest to it anyway. So let's go with... Hmm, there's going to be another bite over towards Krucka. 29 to hit. He's got a big hit. That's a hit. Uh, you take another 17 piercing damage, and you're bleeding again. Holy. And now it will... Um, oh, it struck you. So it's going to spend an action and grab you with that bite. Some part of its okay. like weird body wraps itself around like the handle of your axe and part of your hand or some weird, disgusting thing like that. And uh, then it's going to attempt another bite with you flat-footed uh, with a natural Sweet. 20. Oh, no. Fuck. Or 29. This is bad. <laughs> this, is, this is real bad. <laughs> um, so, uh, what's yeah. your other backup character, Doctor? <laughs> Mystic uh, the dead. Slouch? He, oh my god, he ain't dead <laughs> yet, but fuck me, he's gonna be bleeding all over the place here. That's uh, 29 damage. Are you down? I'm down, but I will use my Orc Ferocity uh, reaction to bring me from zero HP to one oh, HP. Amazing. We need to get the fuck out of uh, here. <laughs> Excellent save, man. Ferocity is so badass. However, doesn't it give you the wounded condition? I thought I read that. Maybe I'm thinking of a different feat. Yeah. Yeah, you avoid being knocked wounded out. wounded condition increases by one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very dangerous. <laughs> Not really. Like, In this situation, it's kind of a wash. Because he would have went down to a crit, so he'd be wounded too. Oh yeah, true enough. True yeah. enough. It's actually a pretty right, pretty yeah. smart move then. Uh, that's great. But no, he wouldn't have been wounded too. He would have been dying too. But still. Dying too. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So if he goes down to the bleed damage, he's going to go down to mm-hmm. dying too anyway. Yeah. So. so as as this thing gets chilled touch, it just absolutely coming at Krucka, who's just enduring with his orc ferocity. And now it is Lady Gilda's turn. What do you get uh, besides a will save? <laughs> it's 25 on the will save. Okay, yeah. So round 13, we'll come back to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, she will raise, because I don't think she can get to Krucka, even though he's not looking great. Uh, she will strike this thing to try and draw its attention. Wait. Did you say it's immune to flat-footed because it's blind or can't be flanked? It can't be. Uh, it can't be flanked. Second action, she will strike. So I don't think she can get to Krucka. So 
That's a 23 to hit. That hits. Okay. Be nice if I could roll higher than a 10. <laughs> uh, 10 points of bludgeoning, or 11 points of bludgeoning, and 6 points of positive. It reacts really poorly to the bludgeoning, taking an extra 5 damage, and 6 positive. Okay, pretty decent hit, given the weakness. Are you going to punch again? Um, I want to, but I'm tempted to try and grapple it. Uh, though I know that that's a okay. bad idea, but the idea of pulling it off Krukka. Right, it's got Krukka grabbed now. He's just going to create a, a daisy chain of grabbed here. Yeah. I mean, like, my, my first instinct is to push it, but I'm not going to push them both into the water. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think she's just going to punch again at a minus four. I'm sorry, Krukka. I can't do much else from where I'm standing. Because even with the difficult terrain... You know, it's not going to do a whole lot for her. Yeah. Uh, that is a 15 to hit. I'll throw in my hero point to re-roll that. Okay. That's another 15 to hit. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Duncan. Okay. Krakka. Oh, no, it's okay. You're looking Eesh. a bit rough. Uh, if there's any way you can get in touching distance, I can lay on hands next round. Got a health potion. Uh, yeah, well, I guess I'll have to... Try to not be grabbed is the start yeah, of this. The problem is, is southbound is difficult terrain. And then northbound, she can't really climb that barrier without blowing probably more than one action. So you can clearly see a right. wall on the stairs. But there. if I could get. But if you could get on the stairs. Southwest. Well, even if you could get on the stairs, I might be able to reach over and, and do it depending on the GM's discretion there. I think we did just kind of say that since Tulak was on there and he couldn't reach around. Do you have health potions? Uh, yeah, there's a bit of a blind corner there. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, first first things first is you gotta, if you wanna do anything or move anything, uh, you, want, you wanna break this grab probably, right? Yeah, you're gonna have to break the yep. grapple. Which, so you can you know. athletics, acrobatics, or unarmed strike. Yeah, I'll go with an unarmed strike. Okay, so unarmed strike that doesn't do any damage. Or 24. 24. That, that succeeds. Nice. Nice. Just barely. Um, Okay, you are no longer grabbed. You now have some movement. If I skirt around the coast here. So you loop around the creature and you have one more action left. So he's going to draw a lesser healing potion. Okay, draws a healing potion and uh, so changing your grip on your two-handed weapon is free. But putting it back on, yep. it's cost, going to cost you one action. So, once you now that you have this potion in your hands, you can't attack with your with your axe until you spend an action. Real adjusting sucks. That. So dumb. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm afraid it's the end of your turn, so you are going to take bleed damage, which is just going to take you down because you're a one hit point, right? Yep. So you're going to drop to dying two, uh, and I need you to roll me both those recovery checks. For the first and do second. a heroic recovery right now. Yes, to automatically stabilize for sure. So you'll be wounded two. Yep. And stabilize. I still need those recovery checks though. First one is a six. Okay. No dice. Second one's a sixteen. Okay, that one clears. Okay, you still got some bleeding going on. The gibbering mouther's turn is going to launch some spittle at Tulak for a 24 to hit. That'll hit. 
I will use my nine... reaction to uh, retributive. Uh, fuck. Fuck. No, never mind. He's not within Too 15 far away? feet. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> nine acid damage, and I need a fortitude save as this acid starts tries to splash into your eyes. This creature's kind of fucking you up. <laughs> 15. No dice. You are dazzled for one round. Dazzled means all creatures are precise or concealed to you, so you can have to roll a DC five flat check if you want to strike it. Okay. And then it is going to attempt to engulf Lady Gilda again. I need a reflex save. Okay. Out of hero points. So wish me luck here. Wish you luck. Are we gonna TPK right now? <laughs> I guess it's possible. It's uh, that is a natural twenty for a twenty-eight. You- Oh, Damn. bastard. Fucking love that. All right. Uh, you succeed again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so uh, do you want to be shunted backwards or to the side? Uh, you got you got, you got east and south. Um, or sorry, west and south. Uh, west, please. Draw this thing west, away okay. from Tulak. Gotcha. Shoves over. It's kind of almost out of uh, eyesight for Tulak now. Getting there. Uh, and that's going to be its turn. It is Tulak's turn. Can I see it? I think I can. Yeah, you don't have a direct line of sight, like, straight from you, but, like, your telekinetic projectile, for example, would still work because you could fling that from, like, a random direction kind of thing. Perfect. But that's if you were shooting a bow, it would have cover. Got it. For example. Okay. Straight around one of those awkward corners. Yeah, Tulak is going to look at this thing. He says, You foul, disgusting beast. Let go of my friends. We'll drown you in this underground lake and you'll never see the light again with any of your eyes. Let go and be free of this place. And we'll attempt to demoralize this son of a bitch. Okay. 21. 21 against my will, DC? That succeeds. Yeah. It doesn't have any immunity, so it gains the frightened one condition as you threaten it from behind teasing it because it didn't manage to engulf your friend, although you might not have said it in the right language. you speak, Aklo? Oh, so negative four. Oh. 17. Let me just double check. Oh, yeah, it only speaks Aklo. So it's not a success at the end of the day. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Okay, so I'm rolling a D100 to try to figure out if I can, if I'm going to hit this thing with my telekinetic. No, it's just D20. DC 5 flat check. Flat D20 <laughs> roll. Okay, well, I hit it, dog, because I rolled a 7 on a D20. Oh, fancy you. But we have to see if I actually hit it. Hit it. Uh, 23. That hits. Perfect. And, sorry, this is a river's stone I'm throwing at it. Okay. So it's going to be 16 points of bludgeoning damage. Bludgeoning, and it takes an extra 5. Good strategy. That's your turn? Yes, sir. Lady Gilda. First action. Save your friend. Uh... (laughs) I mean, considering she just lost somebody, like, last episode, <laughs> yeah. uh, she will lean down and uh, lay on hands with her first action to Krukka. That is 18 points of healing back. Thank you. Very good. Second action, she will strike out. That is a 28 to hit. Uh, that hits. Okay, that is 12 points of bludgeoning and three points of positive. Uh, okay. Good hit, good hit. This thing is sort of bleeding all over the place from all these weird orifices and mouths, and you've—I think you've—you've you've blackened a couple of its eyes. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Okay. 
Yeah, third action, she'll take another strike. The map minus four. That's an 18 to hit. That's a miss. Yeah, I know. I should have raised the fucking shield. <laughs> All right, Krucka. You're prone, but you're awake, and you're feeling a little bit better, but you're still bleeding, I think, unless bleed is removed from the lay on hands in some fashion. I don't believe it would be. It is magical healing, so... Hmm. I mean, persistent damage is what it's technically called. So things like restoring you to your maximum HP would stop persistent bleed, as an example. Ah, so still bleeding. Okay. What do you want to do, Krucka? First action, stand up. Second action, he's going to down that potion. Mm-hmm. Good call. Uh, for four HP back. Third action, he is going to forget I had changed my yeah, grip. Yeah, I changed your grip there. You could always punch it. <laughs> Get a free hand now. <laughs> True. Yeah. That's, uh, I guess. Well, it's, like it's not our attack. You just, you just kick it, really. Like, you could do something like that. <laughs> In that case, uh, he will unarm strike. Probably a good call. For a 25 to hit. Oh, fuck yeah. Five hit? Yeah. <laughs> You're actually a decent unarmed striker. You don't do much damage, but. Uh, eight bludgeoning. So eight bludgeoning. Time. Yeah, this is the perfect time for it. It's going to take another five on top of that. Another eye blackens. Probably a, a couple teeth go flying into the water. Plunk, plunk. An eyeball starts falling out, hanging from the tendons in the socket. Gross. <laughs> Krucka, you take three persistent bleed. Roll me another recovery. Oh, baby. That one. Ugh. One, okay. No dice. Uh, so take your three bleed, and it is the gibbering Mather's turn. Who is going to... I think it's going to try its hand one more time at, at engulfing Lady Gilda. Reflex save, please. This will be the time. <laughs> That's another natural 20 for a 28. Oh, hey, you bastard. Why? Yeah. Oh, come on. I just wanted to golf one person for like one round. Is that so much to ask? Yep. Yep. Apparently <laughs> it is. Oh. Okay. You get shunted backwards and this thing moves up and it's going to uh, Jaws attack you for a 28 to hit. 28 is a hit. You take 12 piercing, and you're now bleeding again as these, this thing just keeps adding little gashes and wounds to you. This thing is totally out of your sight now, Tulak, yep. but it is your turn. All right. Uh, terrain is making it a little difficult as it's moved through there and kind of fucked it all up. Yep. So he'll move <laughs> to the southwest with his first action. And then reaching towards the cave ceiling, he brings down a stone upon the head of the gibbering mouther. Can I see again? Oh, the dazzled. Good question. Uh, no, it was just for one round, so you're good now. Okay, so that is going to be a 21 to hit stone coming down from the ceiling, which is a missile. No, that's a hit. Ooh. Nice, buddy fucking rights. Let's keep it going. And for damage is 13 points of bludgeoning. Okay. 13 points of bludgeoning. It only has 12 hit points left. Oh! How how do you finish off the gibbering mouther with this this stone from the ceiling? (laughs) Fucking rights, little stalagmite? Stalactite. Because they hold tight to the ceiling. Stalactite. C for ceiling, G for ground. 
as a lesson you would have learned if you listened to Encounter This, uh, available <laughs> on all your <laughs> on all your podcasting platforms. <laughs> uh, Encounter This brought to you by the Uncharted North Network. Yeah, that's true. Indeed, indubitably. Yeah, you squash this thing. I think. I think what happens is you you go to pull down a, a stalactite and you, maybe your brain goes, "Oh wait, that might do piercing damage." And so you stop, and, and like a piece breaks off, and then there's this big crack through the stalactite, and the piece goes flying, and all of a sudden it just crumbles and falls down into like a rain of, of stone and rock that probably causes Lady Gilda to jump back real quick, and uh, and Krukka as well, and this thing just gets pummeled into a bloody mess of flesh and teeth and eyes and tongues and we are out of combat but i guess i do need um got some flat checks to roll here recovery checks here yeah crook uh you're gonna take three bleed okay and they yield a two uh roll me some flat checks i got a 14 i got a two you guys are still bleeding. Now you have the opportunity to administer first aid if you want. <laughs> See if you can't end it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sound like Duke. Oh, yeah. That's what I model my life. Uh, I think Gilda is just going to attempt to treat wounds on Krukka. Uh, Krukka can try to treat wounds on himself first. Okay. He does have healer's tools. Um, uh, well, you're immune for an hour. Yeah. Uh, but I can aid depending on what skill you're using. Well, what's your medicine? Eight. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do nature because I have natural healing and I can just go off that. Get a plus nine there. So I'll attempt an aid. Okay. And I fail. Uh, so does Krukka. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not good. Okay. Uh, um, what is the okay, first that... aid check? Is that just a medicine to stop the bleeding? Basically, yeah. Uh, she'll attempt that on Krukka first. It's 23. Uh, yeah, that should do it. That'll stop the bleeding. And then a 19 for herself. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think that's good. You're good mostly because those are okay rolls, and I don't want to keep rolling bleed checks because it's kind of boring. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, all right. You have this disgusting mess under a pile of rocks now, and uh, you have a moment to breathe. Krukka is raging for a, sh- a little bit longer, but it falls off after combat usually. And he's still, he's wounded too. So that's a dangerous place to be. Especially with the frequency that you crit him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, <laughs> What's he's he's taking over my crown. <laughs> All right. So you have this cave. Again, there's a pool to the right, this little island, or to the east, little island in it with a hole that leads up through the ceiling, um, and the rivulet leads north, deeper into a cave, and then the cave does extend a bit to the southwest as well, and seems to sort of zigzag and, and go narrow for a little ways. The pool itself is uh, five feet deep, ceiling 16, or, sorry, 15 feet high. Uh, the hole extends a further 25 feet. Um, that you can see to some sort of ceiling above. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Is this area the pool that was under the well? Yeah. Oh, maybe. So are these all the voices that we heard when we were listening down the well and then we never went down? That's a hero point. Yeah. (laughs) Nice call, buddy. Yeah, that's a... Yeah, it's a great, 
great uh, rem- remember on that. Uh, I wasn't sure if you guys were going to remember the, the cacophony of voices from that. No. Was, uh, you guys passed over it pretty quickly. I'm super glad we didn't go down there like you fucking suggested, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that would have messed you up well it's so interesting because back then I thought it was just going to be like a group of Morlocks because you know we had right. only seen right. Mitflits then Morlocks but obviously we get down here and it's ghouls and also creepy other shit yeah fair enough uh, so do we want to keep going in the grotto or do we want to take a rest I know everybody but me is not looking great yeah rest would probably be good yeah, Tulak needs spell slots. He's looking okay, but he needs spell slots in Krakas in rough shape. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Tulak can always kind of keep pushing just because my uh, telekinetic projectiles pretty fucking strong, actually, these days. I wouldn't mind doing a quick search of the room. Yeah, yeah. and we've got like 100 feet left on this passageway, I think, before it, it looks like on the map it circles around to that uh, reading room where we found Augrel. I always knew there was a fucking door there. Uh, but yeah, let's do let's do a search of the uh, the subterranean grotto and why it's behind a secret door. Is the gibbering mouther the trap? <laughs> Maybe there's a way out. Yeah, that's possible. I feel like there was a way out to the to the outside from here. Okay. Well, let's... Uh, according to your map, there was uh, what, what did it say to the U.S. There was um, to sub to the subterranean caves or something like that, or to to what was it? Yeah, this is what I thought. Uh, to coastal caves. To coastal caves. That makes sense. Uh, does it say anything about the north here? No. It just looks like it closes off. According to the map, there is no way north, but there clearly is. For that, you can tell it's a tight squeeze, but it does, it does go uh, down a slope. This northern side. The other side, two coastal caves. You'd have to uh, maybe take a look a little bit further if you want a little more information on that, but. Yeah, I think we should probably rest first. I mean, let's let's search this room, yeah, and then then let's just take a long rest um, up in Belcora's reading room again. Skip to the reading room. Have yourselves a sweet little rest. Let's pump this clock. At least nine hours. I'm gonna do some rolls off screen. Okay. Ograil can help with a watch while he reads his books. We'll call it 10 hours, actually, with preparation and taking some rotations. Sounds good to me. Kruk, uh, I suppose you could probably take the first watch and after an hour, do a tree wounds in yourself, see if you can't... Uh... After an hour, I'll just pass him the compass. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, still going to have to roll that to get rid of the wounded, though. Yep. Yeah, he gets it. Okay. No longer wounded, and by the time the rest is done, you'll be nice and full health. Tulak, you too, probably. Uh, what are you missing, Tulak? Yeah, you're down. Oh, yeah, you're not that much. No. Down nine, I think. Down nine? A rest will give you seven automatically back, so. Uh, cool. Rested. Spell slots back. What next? I think that we should just continue searching through the cave. Let's just fucking find it all. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. You want to go north or to the coastal caves first to the west? You guys can go north if you want to. Gilda is not going to risk that ledge in her heavy armor. Oh, to be fair, it's not a ledge. It's just a, re- it's a really small rivulet of water that's going down there. And it's, it's a tight, like, corridor. Oh, okay. 
gap. It's not a ledge. And it just slowly slopes If down. she steps into the water, can she touch the bottom? Yeah. Okay, then I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Probably go north first. Uh, and she will take the defend action while they're going. And I am avoiding notice as I go. And truck is scouting. Take the stairs. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's what you do. You go down this really narrow hallway. It slopes down and winds around and eventually comes out to a continuously winding tunnel that eventually opens up. Lady Gilda, you find to be just below the pavilion where you saw Jaw. You are now at the water and ground level below it rather than on the stonework. Oh, crazy. Uh, this is where all those giant fucking mushrooms are and shit. Yeah, that's weird. Mm. Yeah, as as soon as she recognizes that, she she starts moving backwards because she does not want to fuck with Joel right now. How does that work? <laughs> as you peek around, you can see, like, you probably saw before, like, the, the cave that this pavilion is in does, like, go to the south. Um, and there's an opening in the cave to the uh, northwest as well. Yeah, I can't actually see that. But yeah, um, yeah. So she'll backpedal and, and reevaluate with uh, Tulak and Krucka. Is is uh, challenging to navigate. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if they want to fuck with y'all. No, not yet, at least. No, probably not. There's a part of me that just really wish we had like fucking sparted him off of the ledge and down with the gibbering mouther. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it would have been a ways for him to travel to get to the gibbering mouther, but yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty sizable on the other side of that map. So Gilda will um, explain what she saw down there and uh, wait for. A consensus of which direction to go. She still thinks they should head west. Works for me. Yeah. If that's what we're faced with down there, let's go west is our best point. Does Krucka know John? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a good question. How long's Krucka been in the area? I suppose he's been there for most of his life. He'd probably be familiar with who Jaw is. Yeah. Um, how old? How old is Krucka? Middle age, like forty. I think. So, yeah, he was probably around when the whole event happened 30 years ago. Right. Uh, and uh, he was probably, you know, friendly with the Druids then, too. So even if you didn't know him personally, you probably met him at some point or another. Snap. So it's uh, quite the quite the callback, probably, having that information revealed to right. you. Lady Gilda coming back. Uh, yeah, let's not go there just yet. <laughs> Deal. You ever heard of that Jaw guy? Yeah, I wonder where Krucka falls on the issue. Like, if he if he thinks that he's a murderer and, and deserves to be captured. Like, I mean, that's a real discussion they should probably be having at this point. Yeah, because Tulak didn't really know him. He just knows of him. Yeah, I don't think Krucka knows him well enough to <clears throat> say, let's bust in and, you know, ruin this guy's day kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay, so they have that tight little discussion and make their way down the West Passageway. All right. Um, you loop your way around uh, the tight tunnel to the west. At some point, Lady Gilda, you find yourself seeing a door uh, in the northern wall where the wall is no longer just a natural cavern but seems to be carved. Uh, and it's a uh, secret door that leads to the room where you met Algrel. Oh, okay. There it is. 
it pops up behind one of the sofas in that uh, the visitor's reading room, it's called. Neat. Where there was the water fixture and stuff in the center and all the dead plants. The caves, however, continue uh, west and south, and they are winding and deep and go for a very, very long time. Do you want to explore them fully? How dark are they? Dark. What direction are they going? Uh, they are winding all over the place, but they generally seem to be going uh, west and, and south and then a little bit north, but mostly west. That's uh, We just rested. That's a group decision. What do you guys think? I think that we should follow down this path. Who knows where it could lead and what advantage it could give them against the town of Otari. Perhaps it even comes closer and the dead could come from here. She doesn't point out that the dead are buried in the graveyard, but um, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's let's explore the um, tunnels. She sparks up her compass and okay, still taking the defend action, she will lead the way. You travel for hours. I'm gonna say about three hours worth of trekking through and backpedaling. Uh, some of these caves, and um, I want to let's see here a nature check from someone. Yeah, I'd rather not volunteer for that particular check. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll attempt an aid with my cooperative nature, and I got a sixteen. Okay, so with the aid, that's a sixteen. I don't think that's an aid. Oh, is it not? I thought it was fifteen. I think it. Uh, well. It's not a... It depends on the DC. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, mostly what I want you to sort out here is that... Krukka, you're very familiar with the land and you've done a lot of exploring and you're, you're reasonably sure this is just going to lead out to uh, one of the many coastal caves that dot the Isle of Kortos. A lot of times they flood. In fact, as you're traveling you probably find a couple that are flooded and you're like, mm, that probably leads out to the ocean, but there's probably no way to get back onto the land safely and stuff. Um, so it just leads to a huge system of them. Um, you also notice along the way, though, uh, Lady Gilda notices, um, uh, it kind of points out that usually water is what, you know, creates these these tunnels and stuff traveling through over, a, you know, a tremendous amount of time. Um, but... Uh, uh, she finds it odd that there's, you know, no real evidence of, of like a, a rib, an underground river other than what you found in the back cave. And that makes you realize, Krukka, that something might have dug this out, not with tools, but some sort of creature might have actually dug these tunnels. Creature of reasonable size, for sure. Despite them being tight for you, it's it's a it's a long stretch and they, they change in size and stuff. But it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a tremendous task to do. You start to eye those tunnels, and you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe the big worm. <laughs> oh, the big worm? Oh, the purple worm. Sandworm. God, I the hope it's not worm. a fucking purple worm. <laughs> you travel and travel and travel and have to backpedal a bunch, and eventually you find yourself uh, in a system of caves that looked like they were once occupied, and you actually find some underground buildings like like old 
stuff that looked like it would have been in a town once, but they're underground, like a like a, an undercity almost or an undertown. Um, but most of it's like in shambles and collapsed in, and there's a few rooms, but there's it's everything is totally barren. As you travel through, you discover some old used planks of wood and barrels. One of them looked like it was set up in a barricade at one point and crumbled. You see evidence of of uh, lots of uh, underground creatures like spiders and and fungus and it just goes on and on and on and on and on and eventually you hit a spot like where you can see you can climb up and you do and you find a wall that looks like it's sort of been you know recently bricked up Bricked up is also what the kids are calling boners these days, I found out from my young coworker. So enjoy that. What, what's, what's called boners? Bricked up. You're bricked, bricked up, up, baby. Oh. <laughs> Woke up there you go. That's up. for all of our zero <laughs> under 25 listeners. Oh, God. <laughs> They're laughing if they existed. <laughs> um, so are um, we talking Darkland shit here or not quite? Uh, we might be talking... Um, under, I mean, I'm metagaming a bit here, but I wonder if it's under Tamily's Fishery. Ooh. Oh. And uh, leading us back to the uh, the beginner's box menace under Otari. The alpaca. Yeah, it could, it could be the alpaca as well. Oh, yeah, the ruins of the thirsty alpaca? Yeah. <laughs> the collapsed tavern in town? Uh, Gilda will listen at the wall. Listen at the wall, and you can you can hear you can hear some movement and maybe some voices, some things being shifted around. It's very dull, very dim. She has no fucking idea what to do about this. Like, there's no world in which breaking it down makes a lot of sense, but also, she's 24 and curious as fuck. <laughs> Like, nothing would give the enemy an advantage quite like having to go through a brick wall unless you are, in fact, the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think? What does Krekka think? He's he's old and maybe curious. Oh, yeah, he'd like to know what's going on (laughs) in there. He's going to try and bust the wall down? Yeah, I don't have a hammer or anything, so I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess I can punch the wall. Use the axe. Yeah, an axe on brick doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? I use the backside of it. <laughs> you can just yeah. roll me an athletics check to see if you can oh, just, yeah. like, shoulder your way through it. Get the shield propped up like you were trying to do with the door before. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tulak just kind of slinks aside. He's just like, okay, but if this comes down, be ready for action immediately. And he is going to prepare telekinetic projectile. Okay. Okay. Uh, Gilda will get a running start and try and Superman this or Captain America this thing with her shield and just fly right through the brick wall. All right. Roll me in athletics. 19. (laughs) You slam into this brick wall and it just practically explodes outwards. Oh, okay. Uh, I was really worried she's going to break both of her wrists. It was not very well built. It just explodes inwards, and you just like it's one of the bricks smashes into a barrel of salted fish, just spills all over the place. And uh, there's a, a, a couple workers down there, like 
curing fish and they just scream ah! and one of them like falls unconscious just like passes it immediately from fright the other one runs up some stairs he's like Tamily it's happening again it's happening again <laughs> oh shit <laughs> good call James holy uh, James gets a hero point uh. Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at unchartednorth.ca, patreon.com slash unchartednorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.